that, and I kind of knew that before, but when he reminded me of that, I had such an emotional reaction to that. Tears came to my eyes because what he was saying to me is I love you. And my sinfulness, my brokenness, in my mind, disqualified me from prayer. Welcome to the Faith Without Fear podcast, a ministry of the First Baptist Church of Redlands, California. This podcast is hosted by Senior Pastor Sean Zambros and Associate Pastor Nick Quint. In this episode, they are joined by Reverend Joel Fairley, pastor at First Baptist Church of Claremont, to talk about intercessory prayer and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And welcome back to the Faith Without Fear podcast with Pastor Sean and Pastor Nick. Today we are joined by a friend of ours, Reverend Joel Fairley, to talk about intercessory prayer and the Holy Spirit and how all of that kind of works together. But before we get into that really interesting topic, we have a really interesting guest who has a very interesting life. And Joel, thank you for coming on. And would you uh, just tell us who you are and where you come from and what you're doing and where the Spirit has led you, especially to this podcast, of all podcasts, because you could be anywhere right now. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be a part of your podcast. And I am here because I have a dear friend in your pastor, and we've known each other for a long time. And but I have she's be, become a dear, dear friend just over the past four or five years. Beyond, hey, I know who Sean Zambros is, and now it's it's you know a confidant, uh, a friend, uh, a sister in Christ, and and all of those things. And uh, so. How I got here is an interesting journey. I have an American Baptist pedigree in yeah. the sense that uh, I was born into the, the home of Dr. W. Lowell Fairley, and uh, he was my pastor for many, many, many years and the best preacher I've ever heard. And I was, I kind of always thought I was going to go into the family business. And I knew I was going to go into the family business. I did go into the family business and went to seminary and all of those things. And uh, was very, I did everything that was expected of me and everything that I expected of myself. And uh, a part of that is the unfortunate thing is I experienced some brokenness along the way, which uh, necessitated my uh, my having to leave um, pastoral ministry and specifically senior pastoral ministry and to um, do some hate healing and some restoration on that. And, um, and it was out of that brokenness that I came to a better understanding, a clearer understanding of, of intercessory prayer, of prayer in general, and, and, the, Holy, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I had always, for the longest time up until this point, it was 38 years when it was, I was 38 when I experienced um, some brokenness. And, and it was up to that point, my life as a Christian, my life as a pastor, my life as an American Baptist was, was severely compartmentalized. And there were, this box fits here, this box this goes here, this goes here, this goes here, and never the twain shall meet. And so um, I had a, a very elementary and limited, limited view and understanding of prayer um, beyond, you know, the grocery lists kind of prayers. You have the prayer list and you pray through it and you get to the end of your list and say, I'm done. And um, there you go. But it was in my brokenness where I really discovered, and it took a little while, where I really discovered the importance of prayer, but how I personally benefited from somebody interceding on my behalf. And there was a, um, during this time, I, I would hang out, hang out with my dad. My dad would invite me to go to ABC things, even though I was kind of on the outskirts. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a part of a, a church at all. And, um, but he would take me with you, take me with him. And we would go to some conventions. I remember one convention that we were at 
and I think it was our annual meeting, and a friend of his, and I'm not even going to try and say because I, I can't remember specifically <laughs> his name, you know, and I, and so I'll get it wrong, and I don't want to do that. But I remember one of his um, prayer partners and one of his accountability guys came up to me, and I was in the midst of my brokenness. I was in the midst of I was I was at the bottom. I was at the bottom, and and I remember he came up to me, and and shook my hand, and he said, "Joel, I want you to know, I pray for you every day." That, and I kind of knew that before, but when he reminded me of that, I had such an emotional reaction to that. Tears came to my eyes because what he was saying to me is, I love you. And my sinfulness, my brokenness in my mind disqualified me from prayer or being prayed for. I didn't deserve it. And, and I was very impacted by that. And, and that incident caused a door to open up in my life so that even a crack that basically said, God, whatever you want to put there and whatever you want to do in there, that this door is now opened. If you need to rewire something in me, you have carte blanche, do whatever you want to do. And so that's how, that's how it, it kind of started. And then, then over the years, um, and I would say it's been about a 25 year journey. And, and there were, there were a few, there were a few people along the way in my journey, one of them being my brother and my brother had, um, he, he had even before this time in my life, he had clearly been in, involved in, in intensive prayer ministries and intercessory prayer meetings and went on prayer missions. And he, he also awakened some things in me and, you know, he's my big brother and he's been, you know, up to this point, he's, he was my mortal enemy for most of my life, <laughs> you know, as big brothers do. And, and, and I just remember hearing him share about his prayer journey and his prayer missions that he's been on and how he praying interceding for people and, and practicing intercessory prayer on others. And I, and I remember hearing one story and just my mouth would fall open and I go, and there was something and I, and it starts here. It's something in my spirit that said, I want that. I want that. And then, um, and then other people along the way caused that same feeling to happen when they would share when they would share their experiences with the Holy Spirit and their experiences of prayer, something in my heart said, I want that. I want that. And so um, it's, it's been a lovely, it's been a lovely, a lovely time and very humbling as well. And um, so let me just say off, off the, right off the bat, I don't know Jack about intercessory prayer. I, I, <laughs> I only know what I have experienced and I have only known what it has meant in the experience of praying for others and being a part of a prayer experience that has, that has bore fruit in my life and fruit for others. One of the things that has, that I have discovered is because in one of the compartments, as I've talked about early on, uh, one of the compartments was um, the the spiritual gifts and the gifts of the spirit and all of those all of those things, and that we have um, you know those belonged to the Pentecostals, those belonged to the Charismatics, and never the twain shall meet. And I have experienced them from my point of view um, before. I have experienced them to be somewhat divisive. That. You know, there are churches that did that, and then there are churches that didn't do that and definitely didn't do it and wouldn't do that, um, simply because there was this view that there was this view that it would divide the church. And I thought that, you know, I thought that, yeah, we can't really you I don't want I don't want the 
the the spiritual gifts as experienced by by Pentecostals or by experience by the charismatic group. I don't want that to come into my church or my experience because as a young man, when I was in college, we, you know, we, I went to an American Baptist college in Illinois, Judson University now. And we went to the next town and we decided we'd go to Assemblies of God Church. And it was the most noisy experience I've ever had at that time. And went in worshiping. And I, I remember the pastor said, um, he said, let's let's bow our heads in prayer. And the minute he started to pray the pastoral prayer, the the place erupted with noise. It yeah. just erupted. And I went, what is going on here? And I and and so right then it colored me. It, it just colored my experience and colored my opinion of it. And we're going to stay away from this. And God forbid, you know, tongues are never going to come off my lips and or anything like that. And because I just saw it as completely opposite, if you will, from from what the scriptures dictate the um, the, the how the gift should be used. So uh, it wasn't until this journey where God kind of realigns me and my thinking and the thing that in my study and in my learning. The thing that I understood and I want to understand is that the gifts are good, Mm -hmm. are good. They're good. All of them, all of them. It is, it is historically, we have put a negative um, picture. uh, We have put a negative um, connotation upon them. And, but the intention has always been good for edification of the body, for for a way for God to speak and intervene into the life of his people and that they are good. And it reminded me what Jesus said in, um, in the sermon on the Mount, when he says, um, ask and it will be given to you seek and you shall find knock and the door will be open to you. And what's more, if a son asks for a, asks for bread, will his father give him a stone? And he said, if he asked for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Says, no, of course not. So if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father? And so, so the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are good. In one sense, are to be sought after. And, and so I gave myself permission, probably from the Lord, to seek after the gifts and any he wanted me to have. And, um, and so, so that's what happened in my life. And I was, I was able to, when God ordered it, when God put them in order and prioritized what it was for me, then it made sense. When I understood that they were good, when I understood that the gifts were for everybody and for God's good upon the church and that the gifts were for me to understand and know him better. That made the difference for me, including the gift of tongues and all of that. And, um, and I just want to say right off the bat that I, um, that if anybody is, that I do not believe in the cessation of the, gifts of the Holy Spirit at all. I don't, I don't believe that they stopped when the apostles passed away. They're here. They're alive and well. Um, the only difference is, is, is I don't think they're being used. And, um, and the only difference, and, and because in one sense, we're afraid to use them. But if we understand that the gifts are not about us, that was the problem in the Corinthians church that, that, Paul was addressing. They were making the gifts about him, about themselves. I have the gift of tongues. I do this. I do this. Mm-hmm. And they were, and we have seen the gifts being demonstrated that made it about the other person. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the problem. And I remember, I remember I specifically was in a prayer time with the Lord being still and quiet. And, and I, I just, I asked him, I said, what about the gift of tongues? Is that what you have for me? Yeah, sure. 
you know, I felt God's spirit in me. Sure. But then shortly after that, it was, but this is not, remember, it's not about you. This is not about you. So in that gift, but I have discovered as I was open to what God wanted to do. And it just, and it just starts with that prayer. I want that. I want that. I want more. I want more. I want more. I want my prayers for other people to not just be me reading off the condition that somebody is asking me to pray for and bringing that before the Lord. I want I want more of that. I want it. I want to be more effective for that person. And I want, and I, my heart's desire to, to remove prayer from the, you know, the magic formula that we have treated prayer to be that if I pray this way, mm-hmm. this will happen. Or if I get somebody to agree with me in prayer about a specific matter, this will happen. As if my prayers are um, rubbing the magic lamp to bring the genie out of the bottle. So the genie will do what I ask them to do. Right. And that is the furthest God's going to, first of all, God's going to do what God's going to do. Prayer is my invitation from God that he gave to me. That invitation that, think of those wonderful invitations that you get to weddings and graduations and anniversary parties. They come in a creamy envelope, don't they? They come in that envelope. It's thick and it's embossed. And the prayer, prayer for the church, I believe, is that invitation from God that is embossed in gold that he gives to us that says enter into my presence enter into my presence with me you are invited prayer is your ticket prayer is that what gets you there an intercessory prayer is is your plus one Mm. or two or three or four because you are, it is the best way to express love for another person is to intercede on their behalf and stand in the gap as what we know intercessory prayer to be mm-hmm. at that point. You know, that's how it begins. And, and, um, and along the way, uh, we are able to, uh, I've been able to just to pray differently for people. And, um, and it involves, and I learned this from a, 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 along in my journey too. I learned this from a, a friend of mine who happened to go to, um, to be a part of the vineyard movement where the, the gifts are expressed. And I personally love the vineyard movement. And I, and I love, um, I, I, I would say that I, you know, if somebody were to push come to shove, shove, so are you a charismatic? Well, if you want to put a label on me, Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I am, but I, um, it is only for me, I'm a charismatic only in the sense that I have tools in my toolbox that the Holy Spirit has given to me that I want to use and that I want to have be a part of my life and in my relationship with others. And so that has, that has, so in that, and what I have learned is uh, from my friend, Brian, is the term waiting on the Lord. Now I've seen that in scripture, those who wait for the Lord will show me new their strength. I've seen that over and over and again, but to make waiting on the Lord a part of a prayer experience is, um, it, again, was not a part of my prayer vocabulary was not in my toolbox mm-hmm. but as I saw that being demonstrated and saw how that works and so what what does it mean to wait on the Lord and all people had all kinds of opinions about what it meant and literally it means to wait it may mean the practice of the spiritual discipline of silence it may mean for some it may mean close your Bible. <laughs> And wait for me. Mm-hmm. Turn off the praise music. Turn, just be, be with me. Wait on me with mm-hmm. anticipation 
and I remember this. I <laughs> and 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 I, I remember a, another experience, probably the same experience I asked for the for spiritual gifts. I I um, I, I read a particular scripture. I think it was in Isaiah that says, um, "Be still and be quiet." Isaiah um, thirty fifteen, I think. And so I, I said, okay, and rest, be still. And so I, you know, I did. And, um, but I found in my head what I was doing, but I, I, I started to stand and I heard God said, sit down. So I sat down and then I started to, in my head, say, I love you, Lord. I love, you know, all these things. I praise you. I did everything that, you know, good, good American Baptist is supposed to do and, and worshiping. And, 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 and I heard, literally, I heard this. And, you know, and I started and I started to move my body and 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 I felt God's spirit say, what are you doing? Just be still quiet, quiet your body. Do you think that's kind of endemic to kind of I don't know. I don't know if it's church culture, but kind of American culture where you're continually going. It's you know, you live in the 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 80 hour week, you know, you're always glued to a screen, yes. you know, and, you know, there, there's a time and a place for all of that. I'm not saying there isn't, but do you think it's kind of, and maybe this is something I've noticed is on one of the benefits of COVID is it's essentially sh- brought everything to a crashing halt. Yes. One's lives. I mean, for better or worse, mostly for worse, but on the plus side, if you're stopped, you can look around and be like, oh, there are trees. If you're on a train and you stop and you look around, oh, there are trees. There's a lake. Oh, my gosh. I've been sitting for, for hours. I haven't moved for hours. You know, all this sort of stuff. And yeah. it seems like uh, part of the process is we move so fast, we don't realize how fast we're moving until we hit or run into something. And then it's like, oh, I've completely, I've missed so much. You know, what else has God been saying? You know? Exactly. That. Exactly. I think I think what's happening is that the 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 sheltering in place, the pandemic has um, God is using it to uh, for the church um, to teach it. It's forced stillness. Yeah, it's we are we are at a place where we have to wait upon the Lord. We have to wait, literally wait for it literally wait for the thumbs up to go back to church, <laughs> thumbs up to go back into restaurants, thumb, you know, waiting. And we're waiting for that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's in this for stillness, it causes us to pay attention, to pay attention. And I think probably in my journey of prayer and my journey with the gifts of the Holy spirit are um, learning I've learned how God speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Now, some people will say, well, I, God doesn't speak to me. You know, I don't hear, I don't ever hear God speak to me, you know, because they're, they're expecting, you know, the burning bush or they're expecting, you know, a human conversation um, that you have and, and, or God never speaks to me. And I, I'd put it out there that God is speaking all the time. Mm-hmm. God's never been quiet. God has never, and God has never been quiet in my life. And I would say that for every, everyone, and I'm just, you know, it's my opinion, <laughs> yeah. but I would say that the God I know and his deep, deep love for people, he is, he is constantly trying to connect with us. He is yeah. speaking to us. Now he's speaking to, to all of us right now, yeah. how he speak. It's learning how he speaks to us. And I've been learning. I don't have it down. Been learning how he speaks to me mm-hmm. and I'm paying attention to that. Yeah. And he, he, and he speaks to us all the time. I, I remember sitting in watching movies and especially movies that aren't necessarily Christian and don't have a message. And a certain theme or a cer- certain scene will come on and Holy Spirit will hit me. And I, that scene, particular scene will, will hit me like a ton. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask, is this from you? Yeah. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. I have learned that God speaks to me through, uh, through pictures. I, I probably... Um, I probably see things 
as a picture more than I hear words. And that's, that's how I respond. And I am a, I, I respond to a visual stimuli. And so that's in one sense, um, the way God would show me and what he needs me to know or, and what he needs me to know for another person. So I, I think before we, before we get into that, um, I just would want to say that I know that in anybody who's listening would say, well, I don't know what my spiritual gifts are, you know, and now we can say we can go online and, and there's, there's lots and lots of spiritual gift inventories you can take and find out what your spiritual gifts are and all of that. First Corinthians uh, 12 through 14 has a great outline, outlines the gifts, how they are to be used in a beautiful way, perfect way. There's no improving on that. If we don't know what our spiritual gifts are, ask, ask the Lord, ask and it shall be given to you. Just Lord, what are, what's my giftedness? Show me, show me what areas I am gifted and show, show me how I can be a gift to somebody and use my gifts for you. And, 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 um, and specifically the spiritual gifts, not necessarily our talents, but the spiritual gifts, the gifts of knowledge, the gifts of wisdom, the gifts of discernment, of prophecy, of faith, of healing. How can I be? And, um, and as, I, as I just sort of go, went through that list and I was, I was looking, I would probably say that, that in all of these, in all of these, at one time or another, I have, I have manifested those gifts, all of that. And God has been generous and he's generous with all of them. Do I, are they there all the time? Do I put out my shingle and say, gift of healing here? <laughs> no. Gift of faith here. No. You don't, I know you don't what, wave the magic wands, you know, the, the wand of, <laughs> the wand of discernment and it just happens. Yeah. The one, no. One of the, yeah. It, Pneumatic exactly. spiritus. It, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 though that it, it always happens in a, in the context of prayer for me in the context of prayer. Now, all, a lot of us who are in ministry would simply, we would probably, we would have the blanket. We would all probably say, well, I have the gift of prophecy because I'm a preacher. You know, I, I preach the word every Sunday. So I have the gift of prophecy. And um, that may be, may or may not be true. Um, I think often the gift of, of, of preaching comes from somebody, uh, somebody learning how to speak well in public and, doing their homework and are good at studying and, uh, and, and, but, um, but isn't that but, a gift too? Pardon? That's a gift too. That's a gift That's, too. It doesn't necessarily come in some kind of supernatural ooey kind of way, you know, it right. comes because you've done your, it, you've done your work. And in fact, uh, for me, I'd much rather listen to a, some, uh, a sermon, uh, that's been done by somebody who's done their homework than somebody who thinks that the spirit has moved, but it's actually been whatever they ate for dinner the night before that's, you know, told them, this is what I want you to say. I'm, I'm, a, I'm always a little bit skeptical of the person who says, you know, the Lord gave me this this morning. <laughs> and, and especially when they do that every week and you're going, when do you read your book? When do you read the books? You know, yeah. when, when, <laughs> you know, and, and that kind of thing. So, so I think a lot of, I think maybe there are some people that are, that struggle with the idea of these gifts because they, they don't experience something that seems really supernatural, but isn't the search supernatural happening in very natural ways a lot of right. times. Right. And, 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 and uh, yeah. And, and to be honest with you, Sean, some people are afraid of the ooey oo. Like oh, sure. Said. Oh, no. And I agree with you. And, and yeah. I've experienced some of the ooey oo. And it's like, wow, ooh, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've never spoken in tongues, but, but certainly being in prayer and feeling the Spirit of God moving. Uh, mm -hmm. in, and I mean, literally feeling it. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, having images come to my mind when I'm praying uh, for someone that 
that I believe is God saying, pray this way Mm -hmm. and, or some kind of connection with that person that God moves in me that changes my, my heart toward that person. Right. Um, and, right. and those kinds of experience, I've certainly experienced that. And, and, and that to me is like that, that is supernatural because, mm-hmm. you know, God, you just came in and in, in moments changed what I thought of that person mm-hmm. and there's oh. been no new information come in, you know, it's just me and you, God, as I pray for this person. And now you've given me, uh, either a new view or a new insight, into that person or a sense of how, how to pray, you know, you know, I've experienced discernment, like, okay, I know what's going on here, you know, and uh, things like that. So, so yeah, the OU is there, but a lot of times there are some people who, who like depend way too much on the OU. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's the, it brings up a, a, a thing that, that my father had shared with me that I think he, that he learned from his seminary professor, um, Cubby Rutenberg at Eastern um, Seminary where he and I both attended. And he said, and, and this has been a great guide for me that theology without the spirit is dry bones. Right. The spirit without theology is a bag of tricks. Yeah, there you are. And so, so we, so we never disregard our um, our diligence in in reading the word, mm-hmm. and I think that we need my my personal approach to reading the word and to Bible study is to be informed, not to be dictated to. Mm-hmm. And too many times, I think we have turned the scripture as as into this dictator. Oh yeah. And instead of, instead of this gentle shepherd, <laughs> mm-hmm. God's word is a shepherd yeah. that shepherds us into, into his presence. And, and to me, that's where prayer begins and ends. Yeah. So, so when I am interceding, then when I, when I say I'm going to pray for someone, say I'm with somebody personally, I want to pray for somebody. Um, I ask a question before I start. I ask, I often ask it in, in front of them in their presence. And I, I, I say, Lord, what do you want us to know? What do you want to show us? What do you want us to hear? Mm-hmm. And I know the end result. I know the end result of what's going to happen when I agree to be um, to intercede on someone's behalf. I know what's going to happen. The scripture promised me that I know what's, I know exactly what's going to happen. And the peace of God mm-hmm. that passes all understanding right. will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's right. Doesn't say that a specific answer that you want is going to come your way, but what is going to come your way is the peace of God Yeah. in Christ Jesus that passes all understanding. Right. That's it. I know that what happens beyond that. um, And so when I, when I am praying for somebody, I ask, show us, and then, and then we wait. Yeah. And I often say, well, now we're going to be, we're going to just be still. Mm -hmm. And when something would come to me, I will ask the Lord in their presence, is this from you? Hmm. And I don't want it. And because I don't want it to be about me. Yeah, I want it to be about you and about what you want to do in their life. Mm-hmm. And so he will show me a picture and then I will say, this is, this is, I have a picture of this. Yeah. I want to know if this rings true for you. Yeah. And I would say nine and a half times out of a half, <laughs> not out of 10, um, the picture is true for them. Yeah. And, um, and I, and, and, and I'll, you know, and they say, wow. And I said, no, this is the Lord. And every, every time I have been using the gifts and using the spirit and, and been in prayer with somebody or you are, it's always been good. It's been positive. Right. Right. It's, you know, too many times we've just seen people use the gifts to tear people down. Mm -hmm. 
uh-huh. you know, and, and the gift of the, you know, I, I have a, I am discerning in my heart that you are, um, I'm, I'm saying this to you out of love. Right. I'm saying this to you out of love. Um, and, but this is what's going on in your life and God wants you to stop it. Yeah. And, you know, and Graham Cook's response to that is, is, um, you don't love me, you poisonous toad. You're just saying this for your own benefit or whatever that is. And, but it's, it's the, if we go come from the understanding that the gifts are good and what we're doing for somebody in praying for them is loving them. And too many times we use intercessory prayer as an excuse to try and fix someone or right. to fix something. And so the only time we intercede on somebody's behalf is when something's wrong with them, mm-hmm. like they're sick or they're healing. You know, I, I first time somebody said to me when, when life was kind of good for me, he said, I want to pray for you. I'd say, why? Everything's okay. But they still wanted to pray for me. And they did. And oh, what a blessing. Yeah. Oh, what a blessing that was. And they were speaking, they were speaking things into my life that God wanted me to know. Uh-huh. And it was, it was beautiful and it was gorgeous. Uh-huh. And, um, and I, so I would like to, I, I would, if I think if the desire of my heart out of this experience that I'm, that we're having and talking to, to someone is I, I, I would like to see the church be more released and, and, and to see, to see prayer as an, um, as an integral part of the life of the church and of God's people for one another. Um, you know, I used to think, I used to think that, um, you know, there's a time that, that was the prayer chain, you know, <laughs> every church has them call the prayer chain and, and people are praying. You know, I thought, well, do we really need the prayer chain? Um, and my feeling is, yes, we need it all. We need the prayer chain. We need prayer meetings. We need, um, you know, uh, people praying in spirit. We need all those things. Uh We need uh, intercessors. And I would say that anybody sitting in the back, they're not there to worship, uh, not worship or not necessarily hear a sermon, but they're there just to intercede and just to pray for what's going on. All of those things, Uh all of those wonderful beautiful things because all of it is posturing ourselves before the Lord to receive what he has. And again, like, like it said in scripture, the scripture is really good at informing us of how the gifts are to be used uh-huh. and just do that, do that. And if somebody has the gift of tongues, Paul says, I wish all of you could speak in tongues. I wish all of that for you. I want you to, because I know what a blessing it is for my life, for me, uh, in my own quest for, because the minute, minute, uh, minute you start talking about gifts of the spirit, you know, tongues come up, <laughs> you know, what about tongues? And, and so, uh, and I was one of those. I was one of those. I was one of those who said, no, no, I don't want that. Um, I heard it as a young man, I heard it, uh, spoken and, and I didn't understand it. And it was, um, because it was put on a pedestal, you know, it's put on this pedestal as this big deal and this big thing. And so in, in my journey, in, in God's journey with me and correcting my thoughts and my understanding about the things of the spirit. So the question of tongues came up. And, uh, and so I asked him and, and what I understood is, yes, this is, this is not about you. This is about you and me. This is not about anybody, um, hearing you. And so there are very, very few people and we may have a relationship all the rest of our life. And you may never, ever hear me speak in tongues, Uh even in the place of interpreter. That's not my prayer language is exactly that. It's a prayer language. And I will tell you how it has been, how I have used it. And, um, and it, I have used it, especially in times when I'm struggling 
especially in worship, struggling with worship, struggling about understanding the moments of struggling with this beehive of thoughts that is in my head, the buzzing, the zzzz of everything. I'm thinking about this, thinking about that, thinking about this. And in, in one place, when I, my heart's desire is to be with the Lord and to be in the presence of the Lord. And I remember I was in worship at a church one time and just, you know, what related to the music that they were singing and, and, you know, standing up and going through the motions. And I said, God, I just, I can't get there. And he says, I gave you a tool to use. And so I, I just quietly began, began using my prayer language. And, um, and what it did is, was this, this centering because I was putting up before God something that only he could understand. And there was a cry from my spirit that he understood and he got. And it, and it was a, and it, all of us, and it was a removal of static. And I would say, mm-hmm. and that's how often it is with me. The other thing is, as I discovered um, quite recently that my particular prayer language had been with me all my life, even as a child. And I remember, and so when I asked the Lord for this gift, he said, you already have it, you know it, and so spoke. So I began to speak in a familiar language that I used as a kid. And I was with some people. When I was a child, we were at, we were in, at, the, at a beach in Mexico, in Baja, and there were um, children around. Uh, Mexican children and they were fun they were having a great time and I remember at at the beach when they go into the water and they never brought towels or anything just they just laid in the sand the warm sand and talked to each other and I thought that was so neat so I wanted to I wanted to go and I wanted to go and and be with them because they were fun they were cute and I wanted I wanted to be with them they were cool to me laying in the sand, not worried about towels and just chattering away, talking to one another. So I joined them and, you know, they all looked at me and they kept talking and I wanted to join their conversation. So as a child, as a child, I, um, I tried to speak their language as I understood it to mean and to sound to me, but to them, (laughs) what's, what's this guy doing? And God revealed to me, that's your language. And so what God had allowed me to do as a child at that time, unbeknownst to them, through my prayer language, I was blessing them. And God used that experience to, unbeknownst, to bless them and to bring blessing and to speak bless. I was speaking. He reminded me of this. 50 years later, <laughs> he reminded me, more than 50 years, he reminded me. I used that moment to bring blessing upon those children through you. So we never know. We never know that God, why these gifts are being used and why we use these gifts. So um, I, I don't know that we need to ever go know specifically what our Holy Spirit gifts are. I think we just need to be aware of what they are and what we're able to do. And um, I've been used. I've been used to speak prophetically um, to people. I've been. I've been used um, to um, mostly um, to bring words of knowledge. To I would say that in my in my praying for others, that's what I'm seeking. I'm I'm seeking a word from God so that to let find out something we didn't know, but now we do know. And that they didn't know, and that God wants wants them to know. So does that make sense? Yeah, and it's it's kind of a lot of what I, I hear and see is there's this kind of idea that we're scared of getting things from God because we're afraid of abusing them, using the gifts we're given, mm-hmm. and so there's probably that kind of reticence because we but, don't want to get it wrong. Well, we don't want to get it wrong, and that's exactly right. But I think also a lot of people are going back to what you said at the very beginning, almost as if they're unworthy of the gifts God has given to them. And it's like, well, if Christ died for you as probably the, one of the greatest gifts, 
maybe you are worthy after all. And so maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's kind of this idea of God loves you and cares about you and desires to be in good relationship with you. And maybe, you know, maybe having a healthier view of yourself, not an ego or an inflated view of no. yourself, but having a, a spiritually healthy view of yourself is part of listening to the spirit and being still and not just kind of going into the warm theology realm, you know, oh, I'm a wretched person. It's like, well, okay, maybe you are, but God still loves you. So don't throw, don't make God a lover of wretched right. things. You know, it's like, have a, have a little bit of spiritual um, self-worth. Exactly. The, God wouldn't give us the gifts to his children who are redeemed. He doesn't give the gifts. He doesn't give his gifts to those who are not spirit filled. And by the way, everyone who names the name of Jesus and is saved and giving their heart to, to Christ is spirit filled. And let's just break that off. Is spirit filled. You are, you are, are filled with spirit. The moment you say, yes, Jesus, that's what makes us born again. That's what makes us a new creation in Christ is this spirit. Now, and, you know, and a lot of, and we, and I believe we are baptized with the spirit at that moment, we are baptized in the spirit. And the problem is, is that the gifts then, or the spirit, um, for some reason, uh, remains dormant in us, not, not by the spirits doing, but by our own doing, and that we, 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 we are not exploring it, or exploring that part of it. And it, and it comes with just allowing Jesus to be our guide and nothing else and nothing else. We have seen what happens when we, when we are, when we begin to attach ourselves to a personality and, and allow that personality to dictate our behavior. And we've done that with pastors. And the last thing I want somebody to do is if they listen to this podcast and they, well, Joel says this, and it, it should be this according to what Joel says. No, all I'm telling you, uh, listen, what do I want people to know? This is the bottom line. Go where God is. Be in the same room where Jesus is. Ask him what you have and he'll let you know. He'll show you how to use him. He'll tell you how to pray. <laughs> he already has. He'll tell you these things and trust in that. And this, this broadcast is, this podcast is called Faith Without Fear. And so we walk in faith in our gift. And we have faith that what we are, if we are knowing how God speaks to us, we have faith that we can, we, we walk it. I can, I can um, intercede and I can pray for someone and I can um, use my prayer language without fear, without fear that I'm getting it wrong, without fear, as long as it's not about me. If I make it about me and I, I make it about my, you know, my great pontification in being prophetic in a word of knowledge. And so, oh, that was good. Good job, Joel. You know, that's the last thing I want. Because I want I want my gifts to edify people, and I want us to see the body of Christ edified through all of us walking in our giftedness. All of us. What a better place the church will be—not either or, but all of us pulling each other's side. Says God, just put a word on my heart and just said, "I just need to pray. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you." And would you allow me that? Because a lot of people come up. A lot of people just use it and say, you know, you know, run us over, steamroll them over and saying, I have I have a word that I want to say to you. And God needs to need you to know that. Ask, be sweet, be kind. Uh -huh. I, I was I, I just God put a God put you on my heart. And I'm wondering if I could pray with you. Would that be OK? Would that would would that be all right? And. And give them an out, you know, and that's, that's the one thing I just think, I just think we've been impolite <laughs> with the gifts and we've not been courteous with them and we've been intrusive. And that's the last thing God wants from us is, is, 
And I, I think if we are not manifesting the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, if we're not manifesting the fruit of the spirit in our use of spiritual gifts, then they should not be used. They should not be used. And a church that doesn't manifest, that manifests the fruit of the, 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 the gifts of the spirit over the fruit of the spirit is doing it wrong until the fruit, the fruit of the spirit just must be prevalent and seen almost as if it, the church literally was a tree and you could pick the fruit off the branches of love and joy pick in people's lives. If people see, don't see the fruit, the fruit in me, I'm a clanging gong and I'm a noisy symbol no matter how I pray for them or what I do, you know, and often people will come to me who I don't like who are a bunch of knuckleheads. And, and they said, just pray for me. And I admit it at that point, And they are, are wanting to be prayed for. I got to ask God to change my heart right now. Mm-hmm. You got to change my heart. You got to change my attitude. Just like what you were saying, Sean, mm-hmm. you know, you got to change me at that moment, at that time. And I've got to see this person as um, as valued, deeply, deeply valued and loved of God. Thank you for listening to the Faith Without Fear podcast, a ministry of the First Baptist Church of Redlands, California. Our music was composed and written by Garrett Zambros. If you're looking for a church home, we encourage you to browse our website at www.fbcredlands.org, where you'll find our sermon series and links to our YouTube channel.